Hi everyone, welcome to episode 170 of the Mighty Whites podcast, which I think you should probably, I can't call it this because I think it'll be a problem with filters, but it's actually called Go Get Your Father's Gun. Uh, I'm Jack, as always, joined by KC. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, pretty good, thanks. How are you? You're fucking outstanding. Uh, after a result like that, you can't fail to be happy. Um, I really did not see that coming. No, I, I, you know, given my optimistic prediction of a of a draw, um, and I was slightly worried when Brendan Aronson opened the scoring, and I thought I didn't put that ten pounds on. No, I, I, I really should have done. You, I'd forgotten what you backed until I opened the document just before <laughs> I, we did this, and I thought it was Aronson and one one. <laughs> so I was very relieved when Rodrigo headed in not long after. Once we'd weathered the storm of Chelsea, who battered us for most of the game, apparently. Yeah, it was amazing, wasn't it? How, um, I mean, we made, uh, it was something that I was going to mention later, but sorry, we'll get straight into it. Thomas Tuchel's quote of we, being Chelsea, were clearly the better side. When? Now, they are the better side than us, but they weren't yesterday. No. <laughs> um yeah, I think he I think he's been somewhat rattled by Jesse Marsh and Conte and his, cel- and his celebrations and his, yeah, his I think I think there might be some residual from the uh, Spurs game coming through as well. I mean I did like Jesse Marsh when he was asked about Thomas Tuchel basically said, No, he got sent off, he shouldn't be there. Yeah. Like that's well, that's what happens. It's it was one of them where the, the reporting around it was quite annoying. Because they kept saying, oh, he said he'll be very disappointed. But, I mean, he did say it. It's not to do with Thomas Tuchel. He got mm. sent off, so you're banned for a game. As yeah. far as I'm concerned, that's the rules. Should I not be assuming that? And it turns out, yes, Jesse, you shouldn't be assuming that. <laughs> because he was there. And it made fuck all difference. In fact, it probably made him worse. Good. God, I mean, it's awful. He missed his plane. Had to yeah. take the bus. <laughs> Tiny violin. Ah, <laughs> yeah. oh, God, it was this if Jurgen Klopp was there. Yeah, he was he'll really. He'll blame the fixture. The fixtures next. Oh, look at this. Played three games over ooh, three weekends. Oh, that's too much, isn't it? Players can't be doing that. Yeah, it's. It, I couldn't believe what a fucking whinging asshole he was after the game. To be honest, because. Like, I have no problem with where you say, look, we had chances early and we missed them. If you say, and then we got punished for that, all right, yeah, fair enough. But to be like, oh, it was nothing to do with Leeds. Nothing to do yeah. with us. I mean, I'm sorry, fuck off. <laughs> no, which is very good to, that. like, if you, if you were watching Match of the Day too, and Alan Shearer's there going, this was a fantastic game of football and Leeds were outstanding. I'm glad someone else is acknowledging how good we were. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is the first note for when we get into the game. <laughs> that was fucking outstanding. <laughs> like, I, uh, I just, I was so impressed by the way we played. And I'd like to say that for once, although obviously this is not the main thing, it's just something to take out of it because we don't very often have this. We were right. 
we were talking last time, should we switch to a back five? Should we go match him up? Should we defend like we did last season? And we both said, no, we should go for it and press them. And that's that's how we're going to score goals in this game. Well, we were really right on this one. Like it doesn't, it doesn't happen very often. That's why I'm bringing it up. <laughs> we really did get it right. Um, we'll we'll be uh, chronological about it, so we can get. Well, the... I mean, even before we get into the game, that you know, the news came out that obviously Bamford hadn't made it, and Dan James well, was starting. Well, the new the news of uh, Bamford being out, which he released on the official Leeds podcast, yeah. despite yeah. Jesse Marsh saying, "Oh, he might be available." And now all the players are banned from social. I know that was Simon <laughs> Grayson, um, but yeah. So, so Dan James is is the only change, and obviously Gelhart back on the bench. But having had a knock, I yeah. wasn't surprised that he didn't start. But um, what did you think when you first saw Dan James? I was pre- I was fine with it to be honest, um, because. Rodrigo up at nine worked again when he moved there against Southampton, so I was fine with him being there. And then it's what when you're looking at the bench that we had that day, you can either play Click and push Aronson to the right, or play James or Sinistera. Sinistera did probably isn't fully fit yet, so yeah, fair enough. And James was probably the it was the least effective of his front four, but he didn't have a bad game by any means. No, he was he was a bit of a. I mean, even well, he was a bit of a nuisance. Not as much of a nuisance as Harrison and Aronson turned out to be, but um, again, it's I suppose the thing you you know with Dan James at this point that you're going to get him putting a shoulder in in a few challenges, and fortunately, nothing daft this, yeah, this, this time. time. <laughs> Yeah, it, but as I say, I was pretty happy with the team. When I saw theirs, we did talk about Gallagher maybe getting the start. But we, we were wondering whether it, they lost to Cheek or Gallagher. I didn't expect both. Because even though we played well there against Spurs, I really didn't expect him to play Loftus-Cheek at right wing back again. And I think that helped us. Because I think it had been a lot harder for us down that left side if they'd have had Reece James there instead. Yeah. Um, and I think it showed how effective we were in the first half that they switched to a, a 4 3 3, didn't they? And yeah, it moved Loftus Cheek into the middle. Um, yeah, to be honest, it was almost 4 triple two. It was like Loftus Cheek and Jorginho, and the rest of them just went up front. It was, yeah, I, I mean, honestly, because the worry is anytime we come up against Colin Gallagher now, is, is knowing the interest we had in him last year that he will have a fantastic game against us. Honestly, I, I thought he was very quiet. But I, I do think part of the thing under Tuchel is that you that it's not a case of well, Kante's out, so we'll we'll modify it a bit. It, it sort of felt a bit like someone has got to play Kante's role, but without the midfielders to actually do it. Yeah, and speaking of playing N'Golo Kante's role, the thing I saw on Twitter earlier of N'Golo Yankee to describe <laughs> Tyler Adams. Um, yeah, he was a... Like, that was one thing. Their central midfield wasn't great. But I do think a major part of that is that ours was. Yeah. I, I mean, the, the the compilations, I think people have put... There's a couple of compilations going around now of, of Tyler Adams and his interceptions is, and his defensive work. 
was absolutely outstanding. He yeah, was and it wasn't it wasn't even one of them where it took until the second half to go. I'll tell you what, he's having a good game here. 15 minutes in, 20 minutes in, everyone in the stand was going, God, Adams is playing well today. Mm. Yeah, you could he was so up for it. Um the only bit that Chelsea could really say that they were properly on top was the first 15 minutes. First 15 minutes, and it wasn't even that like the whole team was really battling us. It was just we couldn't deal with Raheem Sterling for the first 15 minutes. Obviously, he was cutting inside from the left. He should probably have scored after about 30 seconds, but put it wide because, as everyone, as we always say about him, he's not an actual finisher. And then he did score the second one, but I still haven't seen an actual good side on TV replay, but it looked a good couple of yards off in the stadium. Yeah, um, it did. Well, it was fairly comfortably offside. Mm. Um, I, I, there's something quite like a, we've spoken about it. I think everyone's spoken about it at this point. The the linesman having to wait to put the flag up. Mm. And, it, and it's a very annoying rule when they have to wait for that that period of play to end before they put the flag up. But God, it happened to Chelsea quite a few times in that game and it got quite funny. Yeah, well I in the end I have to I have to put it down to Leeds having the best defensive line I've seen us have. Honestly maybe ever in terms of holding your line. Because they aren't all rubbish at making runs. For them to get caught that often, like Reese James got caught twice in a few minutes, that overlapping down the right hand mm. side in the second half. Obviously, a couple of them were just shots that hit Sterling middle of goal. That, that was hilarious, by the way. Those were very funny, but that that wasn't really holding a good line. That was just funny. Because <laughs> there was a couple of times when, um, obviously, you saw them take the shot, and, and Melier pulled off quite quite a few good saves, and you're like, "That's a brilliant save, well done." Oh, it's a free kick for us. Even better. Yeah, yeah he had, I think he made... Because he made two actual good saves that counted, but he made two or three other ones, didn't he? Mm. That never counted for anything. But it's still good to see him make them. It's like, when put, I'm... A, now, if I'm show, thinking really. about a goal... If I'm thinking about a goalkeeper performance now, I just include them. Yeah. Because it was before the whistle went. So the ball mm. was in play, so it's a great save. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so, yeah, uh, they also, uh, maybe about 25 minutes in, but at this point, Leeds had got it. Leeds were now in the game. Like, Rodrigo had had that effort across goal, and Harrison had one pretty much straight at Mendy. Um, Mount had the good effort going the other way, the left-footed one from the edge of a box where Melier made a really good serve. But yeah, that, he, at he, that he point, we'd, well start, we'd started to sort of really gets we'd really started snapping into everything and the pressing was starting to work and some of that we noticed in the ground i don't know if it really came off on telly but chelsea started getting really snippy about everything like really being having words with the referee a lot like about a few minutes before the first goal uh reese james and tiago silva had what was like a long conversation with each other that for conversation read argument like, they really weren't happy with each other. And they all seemed to be getting on each other's backs. And the main one that seemed to be struggling with it, and it was mentioned in the stand before the first goal, was the South stand were really getting on Mendy's back. And he did not seem to like it at all. Like, he kicked one out of play not long before and got a big cheer. And he mm. just it just seemed to unsettle him a bit. 
you know, that the crowd doesn't get the credit for the goal, but it genuinely was. You could tell it was bothering him before the obvious. Yeah. <laughs> Mandy. 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 <laughs> I mean, the, the, the thing you quite like to see is, and it, it it's that thing that once, once you're aware of it, watching Match of the Day, you, you can't unknow it. But seeing the Koulibaly yellow card 10 minutes in yeah is, is obviously for, is is obviously foreshadowing for the red card that is that is to come and i know that ultimately didn't impact the game the game was long gone by the time he's off yeah. but when you're looking at, at him as is it is it, someone who is a quality center back he has three goes at just stopping Aronson none of them with his feet it is all yeah. i'm going to grab your shoulder always oh, gone got his shirt Grab him by the neck. The yeah, it was one of them. Was, it was one of them where they're, ne they're never going to give it. But it was that one on, by itself was technically two yellow cards. And then, You're just never going to give it like that. <laughs> it's, one of the, it's one of the times I've had quite a lot of respect for a referee, actually, is when Aronson goes across to the referee to complain about the challenge. The referee just looks at him and like, I know, I'm dealing with it. Yeah, go it's away. Like he's, he's having a shout back at him. Just go, mate. I've got this, yeah? <laughs> Just give me five seconds. You don't have to get to say it, but it was quite a well-refereed game. I didn't really notice him. No, there's... A, <laughs> there's one... There's Obviously, there's always going to be one or two little decisions. I, th I think there was one point there was there was, an abs there was definitely a corner that Chelsea should have had that got given as a, as a goal kick when Conor Gallagher just stood there going, really? No, we're not? Okay. <laughs> Fine. Um... But yeah, good good game from the referee. It's quite nice not to have to talk about a ref. Yeah. Well, we've got that first half hour out of the way now, which is the preamble. And speaking of ambling, Edward Mendy. <laughs> uh, Leeds lose the ball. Just breaks out. Conor Gallagher to Thiago Silva. But Leeds counter-press well. Force, force a pass back to Mendy. Now, the thing that I didn't notice in real time, but I've noticed on TV... Reese James should be dropping in to get the pass sideways, and he stands fucking like a statue and doesn't move. But at that point, Mendy's just got to boot it. No. He, like, so I'd love to say he fakes the clearance and tries a turn. But what he actually does is just lifts his leg up and puts it back down. Like, he doesn't I, actually I do anything. I don't think in that instance he knows where he's going. I don't no. think he's decided... And every time he, he quickly glances up, Brendan Aronson's advanced about seven yards. Yeah. <laughs> like that clip um, where you cad your headlamp corner and then you come back and the dog is a lot closer. And yeah. Brendan Aronson, because he's got that dog in him. Uh, gets closer and closer. Mendy just delays it. Aronson nicks the ball off him. Takes the extra touch, which, you know, calmed the stadium down <laughs> quite a lot. Because <laughs> it was... Still sort of a slightly missable at first. Takes another touch. And then just to be a shithouse, no-look finish from a quarter of a yard out. Because, <laughs> you know, that was needed. <laughs> I think once he's won the ball as well, I think he, his celebration, he actually moves quicker than he did with the ball. Because yeah. it's sort of a couple of steps away from Mendy, lashes it in. Because, <laughs> again, why not? And then off he goes for the corner. Yeah, uh, was... I did see. I did see one XG model had that at 
I believe they all did because you can't have one because it is possible to miss. <laughs> but... uh, I've, I've seen Luke Varney play. I know it's possible to miss. Yeah. So, yeah. Leeds go 1-0 up. Crowd goes fucking mental. And the one thing that I did want to bring up, actually, before I forget, that's not an isolated incident. Bamford robbed the ball off Jose Sarr against Wolves. Mm. So we've only had three games and we've managed to tackle a goalkeeper twice, which bodes well for the pressing. I, I mean, the, the pressing yesterday was relentless. Mm. Like, you just saw there was, there was just, in their half, there was always someone else there. Mm. And it, it just worked to perfection. It just, it just absolutely rattled them. Um, and and it's like I think I think it's been mentioned before about you know high pressing teams is that sometimes if you can't create an opening, it's almost in your interest to give them back the ball to then win it higher up the pitch. Um, yeah. And I'm not saying we did give them back the ball, but you know you look at again where the Aronson goal comes from is that we lost possession. Yeah, and it's. And we just press them so well, especially, and we do it so well in the wide areas. You know, I think we said before, typically the centre back sort of allowed to carry it sort of five, yeah. ten yards, and then as soon as it goes to the the full back, the the press starts. Then you get Aronson or Harrison and and Rodrigo, all just sort of closing in. It's it's absolutely fantastic to watch. Yeah, the noticeable one this time was we were allowing the pass to James, or especially Koulibaly. Just allowing him to have the pass to the wide centre-back, and that's when they went. Just straight in, full commitment to the press. And you know, like we were, I was talking on the preview podcast about that stat with us getting dribbled past more than anyone else. Mm. And it is because of the way we play, but it worried me with Chelsea's players. We seem to barely miss a tackle. Mm. We, they got past us sometimes. But it was never cleanly stepping away and you're aware with space to move into. We just didn't allow it in the same way. So it's definitely off the ball. It's as good as you'll see a team be, really. We were really excellent. Um, but the thing that I think made the game, obviously we go 1-0 up, crowd's going mental. But listening in the ground and talking to people, everyone was like, God, they were all still nervous and just thinking about hanging on. So for us to get the second goal so quickly, I mean, it's a ball inside, Rocker gets in ahead of Sterling. Apparently, from what I've seen, the TV pictures don't really show it because it shows it a bit too late. But like, I, I was looking at it, Sterling gets a right older Rocker's shirt and just pulls him back. Rocker yeah, the, just slides a long way forward. Yeah, the, the, the camera doesn't, the camera angles I've seen seem to start, or the replay seem to start after he's let go. Almost, yeah. so you just sort of see him slide away. So from those, it sort of looked more like he clipped his ankle and, and not done a lot. Um, but no, but... he did have a right old rim. It was obviously, I mean, he stand up. I had a, we had a good view of it. He just pulled him straight back. Um, but over it, thank you to Mark Jackson because we are now a good set piece team. Apparently, mm. Jack Harrison really good free kick. Rodrigo that near post run that he makes all the time. Like almost every set piece, the only ones he doesn't is when he stands at the back post and someone else does it. He uh, gets up like Mark Viduka. It's a fantastic header. 
It's it, such a good header. It's a it's a very good header, very good run. I think I think when I watched it back, I think Reese James will be very disappointed that he's allowed him to get that space because it doesn't track him at all. Um, yeah. Because it was kind of a weird run because he didn't try and get, you know, often on runs like that, you'll see him try and get ahead of the defender. But Rodrigo was just trying to get across him. Mm. Like he wasn't actually worried about distance from goal. He was just making sure I am closer to Jack Harrison than Reese James is. And from there, he backs himself to win it. And it's such a good header. Like it's never going anywhere else. I mean, if you, if you look at the starting point, the free kick is what, 20 yards out? You know, it's pretty much yeah. level with the corner of the penalty area. So the starting position for the runs is 15, 16 yards from goal. It's it's not that far. So to let Rodrigo get that much of a run where when he jumps, there's no one near him. Mm. Like he's, he's, he's basically un- a free header. Yeah, he, he's unchallenged. Um, so, you know, if, if you're Chelsea, I think you'd be very disappointed by... By the defending there, but like you say, it's, it's a fantastic header. He, get, he just gets that glancing header into the far corner, and yeah. he does his big high knees celebration. Yeah, high knees, arms out that way, like sort of a in my veins sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> a bit like a bit like Dan James did when he scored against Burnley last season. But that was the moment in the stadium. That noise, it was. You know when Becchio scored against Millwall in the playoff semi? Well, just just it, to her uh... and Lee, Lee Bojevin Milan, just... like it was literally it was up there. It was an unbelievable noise when Rodrigo scored because I think that was everyone believes. Everyone believes that, that we're going to win this game. Everyone believes this team can play well. Everyone believes in Jesse Marsh. It just suddenly. I think in the minds of all the fans in the stadium, it clicked and we were like, oh, but, shit, this really could be something. I mean, because I said my, my favourite reference, and you mentioned Becchio there, is, is Becchio scoring the goal against Chelsea in the League Cup game, and it's 1-0 up at half-time. Yeah. And you know, they're going, I know this is a League Cup tie, but oh, my God, this might actually happen. And then we lose 5-1. Mm. So I think they scored within about the first 90 seconds of the restart. So you're like, oh, okay, here it comes. Didn't didn't Jamie Ashdown drop a bollock for I the equaliser? So, and we never recovered. Yeah. Um but yeah, like you it's that thing of just it's only 2-0. Let's not get carried away. There's every chance Diego Urente is gonna sprint out 30 yards, get caught in possession, and, and it's all gonna go downhill from here. Let's all keep calm. There was a little bit of that. But, like, for instance, the rest of the first half after the goal, Chelsea then did probably... They then went back to having more of the ball and they had a few attacks. But they didn't have any shots on target. Hmm. Like, they weren't... Like, Kukurea had that chance. But they never really looked like they were going to score for the rest of the half. We got to half-time. And after the Southampton match, you did have a worry about, can we keep it up? And we didn't just keep it up. Like... We were just as good in the second half. Melier had to make that one really good save from the Reese James shot from distance. But I think that was the only real save he had to make that wasn't offside. Yeah. We, we just we, were right through. Um, Forshaw came on for Rocker on the hour mark. Again, Rocker doing an hour, but it was a good hour. 
and we just for some reason as the second half went on you were just watching it going this is really working it wasn't quite it wasn't as transformative as Bielsa's first game against Stoke where everyone was actual jaws on the floor can't believe mm. what you're watching but this this is not an original thought everyone has said it this game was sort of Jesse Marsh stepping out from under Bielsa's shadow and being like, no, this is my team. We play my way and it's going to work. And now, even people like me who weren't mad keen on this style of football, I loved watching that yesterday. That was not like what we were seeing last season. This is a totally different thing to what we were watching him play last season. When he said, that isn't really the way I want to play. That was just me trying to get to the end of the season and keep us up. Well, I can believe him now because that this that yesterday was great to watch. It was exciting. It wasn't exciting in the same way as it is when you're getting the ball down and playing 25 pass moves, but it was still really exciting. It's it's a funny thing, and, and it obviously you, you, the main caveat you have to say is we survived last season, so it was successful. Like yeah. that, that you know, change of manager was a success. There's just something where you're looking at and just going, this is this is. The guy, and I'm not saying this is a criticism, but this is just how the season sort of finished where Calvin Phillips didn't look at, like he worked in that team. Rafinha was a wing-back for Pitt for a few games. He's, and you're just there going, like, this is insanity to, like, no, now now he's got his team. These, you know, the players he wants and, and by the sounds of things, you know, still tracking another striker if, if that's a possibility. But He's got his players in, he's, and they are now playing fully his his tactics. Marsh ball, yeah. as as is the uh, as the parlance these days. Yeah, it was. Oh, it was. And then obviously you get the third goal, which started with Strauch sort of stepping up well, getting in there and playing the ball out to Harrison. Strauch, this game was perfect from a left back because Strauch and Christensen did not belong. At all, they just stayed back. They didn't real. They didn't do the normal thing, which is the bit of it that Strauch is less good at. Is the final third bit? Well, he didn't have to do that, so he was really good. But whoop, Leeds fan there. Yeah. Uh, but plays it to Harrison. Harrison inside to Rodrigo. Plays Dan James in behind. And the, like the those two things that were so different between this season and last season on this goal. Rodrigo releases Dan James down the left. Thing number one, Dan James slows down, waits for support, good final ball, makes a good decision. Also, as that ball is played out, from that position, Harrison, Rodrigo and Darrinson all immediately sprint to the middle of the box. And by the time that goal goes in, all three of them are six yards out middle of goal. Yeah. Instead of having that one player in the box to hit that was free. So when the cross goes into Allenson and Koulibaly just kind of knocks him off. But you've still got two more players in there. Rodrigo doesn't quite get it right, but falls to Harrison. Good reactions, finishes brilliantly. And like fucking Dreamland. It's like, I could not I could barely believe what I was seeing for you now. That's I mean, that's another one as well when you I think if you watch our match of the day too of is when you track the run of, of Jack Harrison into the, like he just 
it's just flat out sprinting to get into the penalty area. Uh, the whole time, Mason Mount is dropping back, which quite why I think it says a lot about where Chelsea were at that point that Mason Mount is in their penalty area at all in open play. I'm trying to think when it happened. Is that after they've brought on Ziyech and Pulisic for Jorginho and um, Gallagher? Because Mount, well Mount will have had to have been the deeper centre mid at that point because mm. they took off the two centre mids and brought on two number 10 slash wingers. So yeah. that'll have probably been why Mount was so deep by that point. But you're just watching it as Mount is moving back and he's he's his eye is on Dan James the whole time with the ball. Mm. And he gets caught just, just dropping deeper and deeper and watching the ball. And you can see that the whole time he has no concept of where Jack Harrison is. I don't even even knows if know if he's consciously tracking back to stop him, or if he's just dropping in generally. Yeah. Um, and then when that header comes back across, I think he finds out Jack Harrison is there about half a second before the ball's in the back of the net. Like yeah, I don't doesn't... think he's aware of Jack Harrison. Absolutely. Just you know, belting himself to get in that penalty area. Yeah, and then I mean, we nearly got a fourth. There was a good ball across, and Rodrigo put it over. And in real time, I thought it was a corner goal kick. Saw it back on match of the day. It was a corner. Uh, but and then the like the little cherry on top that was just funny. Leeds make subs late on. Gellart wins a ball. I'd say wins a wins an aerial ball. He doesn't really. What he does is make the two Chelsea players miss the ball and mm. like crash into each other. Plays a one-two, cooler ball, he just grabs him, pulls him down. Second yellow. Is there any point doing that when you're already 3-0 down with like four minutes left? No, it was it was stupid. And <laughs> again it, it it showed the frustration in them. The, the fact he's doing it when the ref is five yards away. So that he can't even plead any level of ignorance. Yeah. It was it was so daft and it just I just surmised Chelsea's afternoon, I think, at that point, was just the total frustration of everything because um, outside of Thomas Tuchel's opinion, they had just been dominated that game, you know, from 15 minutes onwards. Um, second half, I, I think there might have been a couple of periods when they retained possession. But again, like you say, there weren't, Forcing Melier into many saves that weren't, that it didn't turn out were from offside positions. Um, you know, it was it, so it was quite a nice little cherry on the cake for us, I think, to to round off that game. Yeah, it definitely was. As I say, they really didn't um, hurt us very much. The sort of, I think the best way to do it with this is the same thing that we did for the uh, Calgary friendly because it's sort of worth mentioning everyone. Mm. Uh, so obviously Melier was in goal. We've said already. He had he had a he, he doesn't get the like highlights and the headlines for this one, but I thought he had a really good game. Maybe yeah, there was a there was a couple of short passes out from the back where he played it to the long guy, and it meant that we couldn't play his way out. But that's a real nitpick. Like he had an excellent game. Yeah, I think there was that effort in the first half. I think you said from from Mason Mount where. He hits it low, and he, I think Melier is set to dive to his right, and then 
Mason Mount hits it low to the near corner and he gets and it's along the ground. He does so well to get down to it and tip it wide for a corner. Um, I thought it was a fantastic save. Yeah, that one was a really good save. And it was one of them that in the ground, again, because his weight was going the other way, you thought it was in. Mm. And it wasn't. And obviously the tip wide from Reese James was really good too. One of the more interesting ones because his first two games weren't very good, uh, Rasmus Christensen. He still wasn't great, but he was better. Yeah, it, it was probably the steady performance that you wanted to see from him at this yeah. at this point. And, and even better that it came in this game, mm. um, which could have potentially caused him problems. Because, again, if if you've got Kukure getting onto the ball more and, and attacking down that side with, with Sterling, mm. it could have caused him some problems. And... And as has happened in every game so far this season, there have been times when he was caught. He was caught out a little bit further upfield, but I think I think there was that one point when Jack Harrison ends up getting back to to, to make the, to hold up play and then make the block as well. Yeah. Um, but that at this point, I'm not putting that on Christensen or, or Strike when it happens. It's just. I think it is just going to happen with how we play that that's going to happen at times. Yeah. I mean, he got done a couple of times by Raheem Sterling, but that's going to happen. Mm. Like, I am particularly worried about that. Uh, like I said about Robin Cock, who I thought had an excellent game. Yeah, he, he was fantastic. He literally, he, he only got done once in the entire game and it was on Sterling's disallowed goal. Sterling mm. like chopped back on him and he got nowhere near him. He did completely do him. But, this, is, this is evil doppelganger Robin Cock, though, with his uh, Mirror Universe goatee that he's got going on. Yeah. But other than that, I don't think he put a foot wrong. He won the ball when he needed to, got got in the way of things, passing was good. And I think you can pretty much say the exact same for Diego Juventus. Yeah. Just. And again, like, as. as the, the fact he is deemed good enough to to have been able to get into the Spanish squad at times. I know he's not a regular, but it's it's a certain level. But you, we do watch him with this, almost like this countdown in your head going, it's coming. There is Something is going to happen. It might be, be genius. It might be terrifying. Quiet, everyone. He's about to do something stupid. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, it's just there, but no, just steady away. Again, yeah. like everyone, like everyone else, occasionally had to move a man across or something like that, but nothing, nothing particularly worrying. Yeah. For the next one, we have a question from a friend of the show, Jason Middleton. Uh, is Strauch playing himself ahead of Furpo as first choice left back when he's fit? Strauch's next, and yeah, I think mm. he probably is. I mean, everyone still has their concerns about Furpo anyway. Mm. So, the it does make you feel better about the left back option. Thinking if Stroud can keep playing like this, mm. I'll be fine with it. Like I know it's a, a less attacking option than Furpo, but mm. he uh, he's looking very comfortable doing it. Yeah, uh, Stroud in this game, I'd say, because the only thing that I think ever lets him down playing left back is the final third, and he didn't have to do any of that. Thought it was excellent. Defensively good, strong. There was a couple of bits of play out on the wing where he showed really good feet to get away and pick a pass. Uh, a thing that I didn't realise watching live, but I saw on Twitter this morning, 
100% pass accuracy, Ooh. which you don't often see, especially in a Premier League game where everyone's tear-assing about. So, yeah, excellent performance. Uh, centre mid will do the less headliney one for Mark Locker, who was replaced by Forshaw for the last half hour. Uh, steady away. I, I, I don't think he was, like you say, he wasn't making the headlines of the of the two central midfielders, but um, did well tracking his men, made the challenges when he had to. Um, Won the free kick for the goal yeah. with one of his. Probably what was his only real break forward. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a very, very good performance. Yeah, and when Farshaw came on, just steady. Just was good in the middle. Didn't do what major. Uh, and then alongside him, a lot of people's, including my man of the match, Tyler Adams. I thought he was just outstanding in everything he did. He seemed to be everywhere, just... Run. It wasn't just running for running sake, though. It was intelligent mm. about it. It wasn't sprinting up to someone and they play a one-two round him and then he's 20 yards out of position. He just kept being in the right spot to pick the ball up and then play a pass. A couple of loose passes, but that was about it. And I, it was a game that made me think of him as a higher-level player than I previously was. If he's got that in him, he could prove to be an even better signing than we thought it were going to be. Yeah, his his mobility is is absolutely fantastic, and and again, the, the comparisons will go to to Calvin Phillips because they both sort of played defensive roles, mm. but I, I think he showed that he he's he's so mobile, and, and I think the amount of, like I said the amount of interceptions he. He was looking to make, or his positioning was fantastic. Like he just read everything so well. Um, he was he was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, you could tell the sort of game he had because that old joke went around Twitter. Seventy percent of the earth is covered by water; the other thirty percent is covered by Tyler Adams. Yeah. Um, out on the right hand side, we've already sort of talked about Daniel James a bit, but I thought Daniel James had like a good seven to seven and a half out of ten game. Yeah, and again at this point, you know what you're going to get from him. He 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 works very hard. Um, he can and he can find a good position in his part in the third goal. It was really nice to see him making a good decision with the ball, playing with his head up, playing you know still playing positively but not rushing into anything. Um, good delivery. Um, yeah, very happy. Uh. The other American and the person who I have from looking at Twitter realized that every lead, female Leeds fan between the ages of 15 and 35 is head of her heels in love with Brendan oh, Aronson. Oh, <laughs> um, uh, Brendan Aronson. I I love Brendan Aronson, what I've seen of him. I love the way he plays. He's so he's in the words of JBL, he's fun to watch. Because he <laughs> on and off the ball. The things he does on the ball, the like the turn to do Koulibaly for that first booking was an excellent turn. He's really good at beating a man. He's got loads of pace. He seems to be getting in the right positions to score goals. And then off the ball, he's also really good. But God, you think I like him? You should see my dad. Because <laughs> my dad loves a trier. He always has. 
and with him he's good and a trier. Is <laughs> I could I'm I'm just waiting. If if my dad wasn't was the sort of person to get a name on a shirt, that's who'd be going on. Yeah. <laughs> um, just, I mean, it's some of the little bits I quite like as well. That I think even when probably more in the first half when he's forcing Koulibaly or Kukureya to try and play the ball long up the line or when they're looking to play it off him for a throw-in and he's just he's just moving out of the way at the right time to, to just give us a throw, yeah, win us a throw-in and just just forcing them to do little things like that. It, he's, I mean, God, it showed at the end of the game, what was it? We'd, we'd run 11 kilometres more than Chelsea did, I think, by, by full-time. Which you really can argue is an extra player. Yeah. Basically. It's um it was and, and he is one of those that just he presses so well and you know he should by rise he should not have got that goal. Because no, it, what, what, as good as good as the pressing is, it's a mistake. Because as you know, <laughs> Mendy should have looked and seen, right, Reese James isn't there, we send it long. Or I mm. send it out wide anyway. But the fact that he started that run from outside the penalty area and, and closes him down like that. Well, I don't even... At the time he sets off to press, I don't think he's the closest player to Mendy. It's probably Rodrigo. Yeah. <laughs> and Rodrigo's like, no, nah, I'm good here. I'm, I'm, I'm with Thiago Silva. This is, this is a good starting position. And then uh, you're just watching Aronson go. Like, oh, okay, we're doing this. Yeah. You know, a player who was on another on another day could that was put in a performance good enough to get man at match, just not this day, because mm. there were so many. Uh, your your favorite Jack Harrison, what a player! Um, when is the next international break? Uh, I was thinking about this the other day. I don't because I'm, I'm assuming now is it just friendlies or have we still got Euro qualifiers? Uh, I can't even remember the Nations League. Oh Christ. Uh, 23rd of September against Italy. Get him in the squad. A month. If, 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 if he, he keeps this up. If he plays like he is the last couple of games, mo- not even all of the games between now and then, but most of them, he'll be in the England squad and he'll deserve it. Because mm. he's been absolutely brilliant. And I, I said, right, when we got Jesse Marsh and it was the narrow system, I said the winger that will most struggle to adapt to playing inside is Jack Harrison. And I could not have been any more long. He, it turns out he loves it. Because the thing with him is, and I don't know how this is true, he's playing narrower, and yet somehow that has made him better at beating a fullback and putting a cross in. Like you did it like four times, just skip by on the outside and put a cross in. That I mean, there was that little bit of magic where he ends up on his hip and he still beats two Chelsea players at yeah. one point. Fact, like fantastic bit of skill. Um, and he, like you say, just he's his boundless energy, like him and Aronson. And there's that little. I think they've made a gif out of it now. Uh, Find someone who looks who uh, find a set piece taking partner who looks at you like this, and it's Harris, Harrison and Aronson in the interview afterwards. Yeah. Um, for two players who who play on the opposite side, they're they they're a wonderful partnership. Like, yeah, they they very like. I think Aronson probably presses a bit more, but they they very much mirror each other in in how they play. Yeah. Whereas I think uh, the thing the thing was you had like. 
before when you had Harrison and Rafinha, who obviously you had Harrison, who was a very hard-working winger, could get past a man, could put a cross in, and then you had Rafinha, who was an enigma of a winger who just at any moment could do whatever he felt like, but you were never sure what he was going to do. No. And, and now you know exactly what these are going to do. Yeah. <laughs> Whether you can stop it or not is an entirely different thing, but God, they're, yeah. they're so good. I'm so happy then, he's staying. Yeah. Unless uh, Newcastle run up a truck with about 60 million in, because I think he's added to his value at this point. But Yeah. Um, we'll come on to that in a sec. Uh, and then finally, because uh, Sinistera came on with 20 minutes left, click Greenwood, Gellart came on late. Those, you know... Sinistera, a couple of nice passes, a couple of moments where he got caught in possession. Hopefully he starts against Barnsley. And then finally, up top, uh, four goals in three games in the league. He is actually, to the extent that I think Bamford isn't getting back in if he's fit, right now, uh, Rodrigo. He he looks like a totally different player, doesn't he? It's his, was, was that his best game in a lead shirt? It was definitely his best game as a number nine. That's not even a debate. Was it his best game full stop in a lead shirt? I think so. I, I, I was listening before the game on uh, Radio Leeds, and they're talking, and I know Marsh mentioned it last season, bringing him into the leadership council, as, mm. as it's been dubbed. I think his uh, leadership group, leadership council, sounds a bit lord of a. No, beat. I think no, I think it's council <laughs> now because uh, I, think, I think the word group is a bit overplayed at this point. So, um, which is which is interesting to think because you know previously it would have been Phillips, Ailing, Dallas, Cooper, uh, probably Farshaw in there as well. Yeah. And and when you think that you've got a, again a 31, 32 year old. Spanish international who who wasn't considered part of that group, and I, I know I am guessing it's because of how Bielsa read his personality and thought he's he's not a leader in that sense of the word, but yeah. it it does seem like the whole time he's needed a manager who's going to put their arm around him and and give him that confidence. Yeah. He's a positive probably... reinforce positive reinforcement type of player. Yeah. Um, and I suppose that that's probably not what you get from Bielsa in terms. Like I think Bielsa will go down as one of the best ever coaches. Um, and I know you do get the players who speak very highly of him, but I don't know if you're getting that level of motivation from him in that regard that you yeah. that you get it from Jesse Marsh. And as much as I think people have made fun of some of the the motivational stuff that's come out about him. It's clearly working with Rodrigo. Yeah. And what I will say is some of it, yeah, with Marsh, it is a bit cliche, but it comes off in a, in a charming way rather than an annoying way. Now, I guess if he starts, if he's talking like that and it's going badly, suddenly he comes off as Liverpool Brendan Rodgers. Hmm. You know, so it depends, a lot of that sort of thing depends on how it's going. But he's nearly, Ni- he's nearly Nigel Adkins. Yeah. The biggest room in his house is the room for improvement. Uh, yes, yes. Obviously, I didn't know this being at the game. Sky comments were praising Rodrigo's pressing. I felt like it was in a parallel universe. Well, I mean, that is one thing. Like, yeah, he doesn't press. Obviously, in our front four, he was the worst presser, but he still pressed pretty well, and he was always in and in the right areas. Uh, coming out, 
it's so funny because listening to to Five Live probably about an hour or so before kickoff and Pat Nevin's talking about him and and they're talking about the quality of player there and you're just thinking like going into that Calgary game we were more than happy a large chunk of Leeds fans were more than happy if Rod if someone would have put a bid in for Rodrigo to go. Yeah. Like, and, neither, and, and, and to be honest, neither like, one, both of us, neither one of us had him in us when we were like talking. What do you reckon eleven will be on the opening day? Mm. Before that Calliope game, neither one of us had him in the starting eleven. Mm. And now, yeah, he is. What is he? He's the, he's the fourth player in our history to score in the opening three games of the season. Mm. Um, and what is it? Two people from a long, long, long time ago, and Michael Bridges was it? It's uh, Pat Bamford for two. Oh, years was it Bamford? Ago. Uh, Mick Jones and oh, I'm going to be someone in the forties or it, something. It someone in the thirties. Yeah. Um, I, I can't. Oh, I, don't oh, know. I remember now. It's because Michael Bridges got assists in the first three. That's what I was thinking of. And the Harrison's done that. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I knew that. Um, was I knew that I had one in my head. But it was Bridges. I'm assuming that I've read both. Well, of Michael, them. well, Michael and Bridges. Andrew, I'm assuming they're both on Dalton's Twitter, so credit to at LUFC stats. I mean, Michael Bridges technically had three in his first two in his first two games, and yeah. three in just his second game. Yeah. So, um, uh, and also, just in case it wasn't Dalton, I'll say, and at LUFC data, because if it wasn't him, it'll have been on Chris Taylor's. Yeah. So, <laughs> but no, like Rod- Rodrigo just. He just looks so happy now. Like before, he like at the end of last season, you could tell he enjoyed himself when he scored. But I, I think at times when he was on the ball, you know his decision making wasn't. And you can look back now and think he looks a bit nervy with it. Now he, he just looks a different player. Yeah, so much confidence. Just a brilliant performance, a brilliant win, a fully deserved win. Coming out of the game, I did think I had the one pessimistic Leeds thought was we should have fucking nine points because that is that is how a football brain works. That is what happens. It's mm. greedy and wrong, but we should really. And the other thing was, I believe Melier and Harrison both have two years left on the contracts, and that needs fixing, preferably before the window even shuts. But like, uh, I believe I saw someone saying on Twitter, I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet. But apparently on Phil Hayes' podcast this morning, he said the the expectation is Jack Harrison signs a new contract just after the window shuts, mm. is the current expectation. I think that they are holding off in case Newcastle do offer like 55 million or something stupid. Uh, at which point... I mean, probably... like, uh, I know, there, I know for, for where we are financially, there is always an amount of money. And there's always a number. It, it genuinely doesn't matter who you are, there's always a number. But I, I feel like if we lost Jack Harrison now, having seen what he can do as part of this team, mm. um, Sinistera would have to do a lot of work to to match that. Yeah, I definitely do not in any way want him to go. And I'm thinking he probably will sign a new contract because he certainly isn't playing like someone who's thinking about moving away, is he? No. It worried us with that interview in pre-season after a game. But... I think that we're probably all right. But Melier needs one immediately as well. Like, five-year deal with an option and everything. And if he wants too much money, give him slightly too much money. Yeah. Just just lock him down. Um, 
So there isn't really any actual news news. I don't believe. Did we talk about the under twenty ones? I can't remember what day we did the podcast. Uh, it was Thursday. We did the podcast. Oh, so we didn't. Uh, the twenty ones had a really good win away at Villa. Two one. Two really good goals from Sonny Perkins. Uh, really good result because they've got quite a strong team. Uh, Perkins was really good and Darko Jaby was fantastic. They were the standouts. But we don't need to get into that. I just realised it was the one bit of news missing. The, uh, the thing I'm going to mention, I'm going to, I'm going to caveat this by saying I didn't watch it. Um, the under-18s beat Liverpool 2-1. And for an under-18s game, they went a whole half without a goal. And I'm used to their, their game. Our, like, our under 18. Yeah, and I'm used to their games being like 7 3. There, there was a 10 3 last season, wasn't it? It was mad. Yeah, I think yeah. there's was, was the Sunderland game last season when in in that run as well, where they were, it, it was just going mad. Um, so, yeah, like, because I've, I've got them favorited on, on live score. So, even when you press mute this game, it still pops up and. I thought I thought the mute I thought the mute this game button had actually worked for a change. Like, oh, oh no, there's no updates. Oh, it's nil nil. Okay. Yeah. And I believe the women won as well. So really, really, really good weekend. Uh and hopefully we'll have a good midweek. Barnsley at home on Wednesday in the League Cup. I haven't looked at anything to do with Barnsley. I believe their manager is still Champman 0304 hero Michael Duff. I believe that he is manager. Yeah, he is manager of Barnsley. Uh, so that's the main link for me. Uh, their side, I don't know who's in it anymore. I am a pampered Premier League fan and I don't look that far down. The main thing for us to talk about is what do you reckon our team will be? It will be changed. It's, it's, it's yeah. probably the best way to... Um, yeah, I think there will be a fair few changes. I was just looking, just looking through their team, actually, to see if there's... There's none of the Anyone athletes players there anymore, is there? Any, like, sneakily really good players that are there? <laughs> no. Oh, Liam Kitchen's there. Oh, yeah. And, oh, I believe Clark Adore's still there, isn't he? Um, you're saying that. He's not coming up on, on here anyway. Because um, I, I was thinking the same, if Alpa, trying to figure out if Alpha Harmer was still there. Uh, no, he's definitely, because this got mentioned. Oh, no, there he is. There's Clark Adore. Yeah, this got mentioned on the square ball. I believe he's gone back to HJK Helsinki as Apple Armour. Oh, uh, right. But for what it's worth, Barnsley this weekend got beat 3 0 at home by Wickham, which isn't a great sign for them. Um, I mean, yeah, Liam Kitchen played. They still have, uh, I didn't realize they were still there, they still have Hungarian international Callum Styles. Yes. Who you would think a championship club is, at least a championship club is going to buy him before the window shuts because he shouldn't be playing in League One. Uh, and they have Devante Cole up front, who is a who is a solid striker. That's about all that I can really say from looking. Oh, and uh, they also have that James Norwood that scored a load of goals for uh, Tranmere a few years ago. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, um, first things first. Uh, do you reckon it'll be Melier or Klassen? Uh Was Klassen was was on the bench, wasn't he? At uh, the weekend, uh, I didn't even check that, but I'm yeah, I'm fairly sure. That yeah, it was. I, th- I think he was. Um, yeah, give him a game. Yeah, I don't think it hurts to give Klassen a game. Uh, although the the one position that doesn't need rotating is goalkeeper. 
I've really I've it. It's not too tired yet. Yeah, I've just checked. It definitely was Classen. So yeah, I think it, I, I agree. I think it'll be Classen goal. Uh, not that this would matter, but there isn't even an under twenty one match close to it. It's not till the following Monday, so that shouldn't make any difference either. Uh, so I think Cody Drama will probably play right back. Yeah, I, w- I would quite like to see. I'd quite like to see is in terms of changes we make. Like, give. I think there's probably about five or six players I'd like to see, and then keep like Cock in the team. I in in my one I've got noted down here. Cock's still in it, but he's there's that's basically the only one that's keeping the place. Yeah, uh, like... I, just, I don't know. I, I suppose with with the intensity, it's probably not that we play with. It's not the worst thing to give a few players a rest, but um, yeah, like drama. I think would come in. I'm hoping yeah. that I'm hoping that Liam Cooper is fit enough to play an hour. Mm. I would really like it to be sort of Cock and Cooper at the back. Yelder at left back. Yelder at left back. They need to play Yelder at left back because if they're going to keep talking about him as being the option, because like Jesse Marsh said, oh, he's playing really well in the 21s, is Yelder. And from what I saw, he is, but he was also playing centre back. Mm. He wasn't playing left back because Keenan Carroll's playing left back. So, like, if you want to look at him as a left back option, he should play in this. Uh, I think probably Forshaw and Greenwood as the midfield two. Yeah, that that would that would make sense. I would say I think you could might... also do Forshaw and Gray or Forshaw and JB. Nah, I think I think that would work. Mm. I, I mean, Greenwood is someone you could play in as one of the tens. As well, it was only brief, but he just... did come on as sort of the left winger, didn't he? Yeah, Chelsea play there. Could play as a second striker. Play wherever. Yeah. So yeah, probably Forshaw and Greenwood. I think Dan James might stay in. Hmm. I think he might be the one that stays in with Sinistera on the other side and probably Click at 10. And Gellhart up front. And Gellhart up top is what I think. And like Archie Gray and Darko JB, I'd like to see them both get on. I wouldn't be surprised if at least one of Matteo Joseph and Sonny Perkins get on as well. Uh. Yeah. If James doesn't play, I would also quite like to see Somerville get a minimum of 45 minutes. Yeah. I, I, I think that seems about right. Mm. Um, actually, I'm just trying to think if there's anyone else. But yeah, that'd be... That'd, I think the only position where... Like, I look at the some of the other options in the 21s, like, I don't think... Like outside of Yelder, I don't think Mullins close enough to be coming in. I said maybe on the bench, but um... I don't think. I think that we will have some senior players on the bench in case mm. we need them. Like I think Bamford will probably be on the bench, and I think he'll probably come on for the last twenty minutes if everything goes to plan, just to get some minutes in his legs. Uh, we've just had another comment of Jason Middleton that I want to draw attention to. Last last night I was watching us beat Port Vale for one in the EFL Cup in 2017. Cameron Boffwick, Jackson, Vernon and Eater, Hadi Sacco et al. How far we've come. Yeah, one, how far we've come. But two, why the hell were you watching that? <laughs> oh, where were you watching that? Yeah, I mean, 
last night, why weren't you just watching the Chelsea game over and over and over again? Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see a, a rotated side. It'd be nice to see, like drama especially, he could do with a good game. Oh God, uh, sorry, I've just, I've just looked at this tea. So <laughs> here we go. Here's here's a team for you. In goal, Felix Viedvald. <laughs> a back four of Luke Ayling. Sorry, uh, a man who got. A red card about 60 seconds into a game a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Connor Shognessy. Oh, yeah, he still exists, doesn't he? I forgot yep. that. This has him playing at centre-back, Cameron Borthwick-Jackson. I'm fairly the... sure he did play left-back, I think. Well, because Vernon Anita is also in this team. Oh. So, unless it was Dallas. But anyway, it might have been Dallas. Uh, central midfielders, Click and Ronaldo Vieira. Dallas, a hat-trick for Samu Saiz, yeah. Hadi Sacco, and a goal for Caleb Ekuban as well. Yeah. Uh, there was also the... Can you name... Oh, sorry, pop- uh, as as Jason, of course, watched this game last night, he said he just found it like, Ailing played left centre-back, Anita was right-back, Borthwick Jackson was left-back. And Dallas on the left wing. Thank you, to, thank you, Jason. <laughs> uh, here's one for you, Jack. Name the Port Vale central midfield partnership that that formerly played for Leeds. Well, that would have at that point been Michael Brown and Michael Tong. Uh, you are halfway there. Michael Brown was Michael Brown manager. I think Michael Brown was manager because did they not accuse Sam? Didn't they accuse someone of spitting in this game? Was that not Samu Saiz? I believe it was Samu Saiz and nothing came of that one. Yes. It was Michael yeah, Brown that was in charge. Yeah, Michael Brown was manager. They had another one Although, in central midfield. Uh, was, 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 Danny, was Danny Pugh there? It was Danny Pugh, yes. <laughs> the the Brown-Pugh axis of evil continued. So Tom and Pugh with Brown as manager. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> uh, on our bench was... Uh, a bit of a mix with Chris Woods, uh, sorry, Chris Wood, uh, Jani Alioski. I was going to say, 50 year old ex goalkeeper, Chris Wood. <laughs> uh, he might have been better than our goalkeeper. Uh, Pablo Hernandez, Calvin Phillips, Liam Bridcut, coming off the bench, Magic Gomez, and yeah. Bailey Peacock Farrell. Yeah. Um, Jason said an old man with grey hair scored their goal, and I think that might have been Michael Tong. It was it. Michael Tong. Because <laughs> I was at that game. Uh, yeah, in I, fact, I, like I believe that Sarah came to that game. I believe it's one of only two games that Sarah's ever been to. It's probably and when the other... discovered her love of Luke Ailey. Yeah, was this was that the second round or the first? Uh, first round. Then the ne- the other game she came to was the next one, I think. But yeah, uh, so we've we've done an hour, so that will do us nicely. Um, that I mean, it was brilliant. So we are third in the league, I believe. Yep, stop the count. A uh, really, really good chance of getting into the postseason uh, in our soccer conference league. Here we come. Yeah, we've. I mean, it's a great start. It's a, we did. I mean, I made a big thing in preseason about how we have quite kind fixtures early on, and I really want us to take advantage of that. Now, when I was saying that, I did not have three points against Chelsea penciled in. However. The next league game is Brighton away, and they're one of the best sides in the league, apparently, now. 
So, so it's another tough one. But if we can beat Chelsea, you know, and press our way into causing a back three with wing backs into big problems, well, that's what Brighton play as well. Mm. So we will we will be back one of Thursday or Friday uh, to talk about Barnsley game and preview Brighton. Uh, brilliant result. We should all enjoy it while it's happening. So I've been Jack. See you. I'm in KC. Have a good one. In a bit. <laughs>